You're listening to This QPOC Life, a podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions, so please leave yours on our website, thiscupac.life, on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet at thiscupaclife. Help us build this QPOC community. While you're at it, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just look for this QPOC Live. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page. Your investment in this podcast helps us continue to create quality content by and for QPOC. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron of this QPOC Live. For higher contributions, you can unlock special awards, like a chance to tune in to our studio sessions. Well, hello, my legendary children. Hey. Hola, hola, Espanola. What's going on? I'm never how you doing? How you been? <laughs> how you doing? Oh, I thought we were going to have No, it. how you been? Well, I thought it could be like some sort of like cute, like, no, 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 no. You tried it. Com. And now she you lost your opportunity it. to sing. .org. It, it's the, the moment the, has passed. The whole opportunity? Because the I feel like the rest of the episode is going to be completely sung. .edu. I don't know about you, but I'm going to sing my entire tea segment. Nope. That's fine. Well, why don't we just introduce ourselves? My name is Carlos Rios, and you can catch me online at Trey Fabulo. And my pronouns are anything you want, but especially herses. You may call me Jolie, and that's how you'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube, and other platforms. And my pronouns are they, them, and theirs. I'm Jonathan, a.k.a. Blasian FMA on the internet. You'll find me just about anywhere. Just Google me. But modestly, I say that, not arrogantly. Just if you're interested in your Pornhub, <laughs> you can just find whatever you want by typing there Blasian FMA. <laughs> there content. is content. <laughs> and my pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, my name is at Zachary Aris. That's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A-R-E-S. And um, my pronouns are either or. So, And this is This Q-Pop Life! I think the first thing that we should talk about this week is self-care because A, self-care is incredibly important. B, self-care as a QPOC is already an act of um, protest. I realized that going through January, it was quite a month. Yes. Um, It felt like several months in one month. It did. And I have a feeling that this is not going to be unique and it's going to be like this all the time. Why was forever. it so dramatic though? Because every, every day was some new huge world-changing event. Oh, my God. It did seem like it was four years long. It did, yeah. There were five Mondays. Well, you know, also, it's because people are counting down to Black Panther. Yes. So when you're excited about something coming out, it feels like forever in that lead-up to some, the debut. So I remember that in a recent episode, I said that I maybe it was a pre-show of a recent episode, I said that I was worried about Black Panther, like it was going to be too hyped up. But then when they did the premiere and all these reviews came out, mm-hmm. and we saw that clip of one of the, I forgot what, the, the Dora Milaje, I think that's what they're called. Oh, weaponizing her Weaponi- wig. Weaponizing yeah. that wig. <laughs> She threw uh, that wig like Xena Warrior Princess. Uh, I, I literally sat on my computer and screamed. 
<laughs> and then rewound it. Which is funny because black again. women's hair has always been weaponized. And like, now against them. Against recla- them, yes. Reclaiming my wig. Yes. Yeah, reclaim your hair. Reclaim Bye. Um, so one of the things that I I wanted to do is it's something that I started in January. Um, I I started making a list of not necessarily resolutions, but it was basically a list of shit that I'm not gonna do in 2018. All right. So here's what I'm not gonna do in 2018. Zach has posted a list in a handwritten hand notebook. scribed. This ought to be interesting. Because an artist must always have a notebook. Exactly. And it and it everybody it, do know that a lady do carry a dinner bag <laughs> at, at evening, evening time. time. Um so here's a list of things that I'm not gonna do. What are you not gonna do? What we not gonna do. What I'm not gonna do is do shit I don't want to do anymore. Hello? What else are you not gonna do? I'm not gonna hide my light anymore, Carlos. <laughs> What else hey. are you not going to do? I am not going to remain silent when applause for other QPOC is necessary and welcomed. What other things are you not going to do? This is the last one, and it is the most important. You know what I'm not going to do, Jonathan? What, Zach? What Ever in my life, vote for a Kennedy. Wow. Whoa. That, you took it somewhere. Shablam. Okay, number one, he wasn't drooling. That was chapstick. Oh, I'm sure he's a lovely man. But number two, I mean, and we're going a little off script, but that's all right because mm-hmm. it's your time, it's your self care. And Thank you can you. reclaim it. And you <laughs> love and you love talking about politics. You are like the political leg of this. Oh, yeah. So why would I not vote for? A no, 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 no. Why is mm-hmm. it that like I, I'm thinking of this in terms of like Star Wars, okay. right? Okay, follow me here. Okay. The Last Jedi came out, and all of the regular fandom was pissed off that this was a turning point, that all of a sudden anybody could be a Jedi, that anybody could use the Force. That's not the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about Clintons. Okay, now we're in political realm. Sure. We've got, we, mm-hmm. we would have had a Clinton, um, Bush, you know, Trump is new. Mm-hmm. He's basically the Snoke. He came out of nowhere. Right. Okay. But now we're like, oh, we're going to bring back a Kennedy, which, you know, there was John F. Kennedy, and then there are all the other Kennedys that have that done all stuff. Got shot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over here like, we have started a whole movement of like women and black women running for office and this mm-hmm. and that. What's that thing called? Um, that organization that has been training people to learn how oh, to yeah. run for office in their the in their LGBTQ local places. People. There, there's yeah. there's several of them for mm-hmm. for for women, for black women, and for LGBT people. So I'm yeah. of the mind of basically Ryan Johnson. If we're going to continue the uh, Star Wars comparison, mm-hmm. like I'm at the turning point where I'm thinking, fuck all, exactly this old stuff. I will never vote for Kennedy because I'm unless all of a sudden. The Kennedys come out with a a gay black woman Kennedy. I'm not gonna vote for it. Like I'm tired of. <laughs> Could you imagine? Who's also a little person and deaf right. blind? And she's like, like full left. Just at the footstep of the ladder of privilege. Every every intersection. Like, unless she's ticking boxes. I'm I'm done with the Kennedys. I'm done with the Clintons. I'm yeah. done with the Bushes. I was I think that's never how here for the bushes. Near but. A bush. yeah. <laughs> I've never been in a bush in my life. The only bush I know is the burning bush, honey. <laughs> um, so anyway, so um, I'm done with nepotism and I'm done with white men. So, uh, Jojo, how are you doing? Um, I'm fine. What, what a throw. Uh, <laughs> you gotta love a curveball. I'm doing well this week. I, I have one thing to say. Mission accomplished. Oh yes. Congrats. Oh, congrats See this is Daniel. right here. Applause, applause when applause is needed. Thank you. It um, was exquisite. 
I I completed January. 31 tracks over 31 days. Oh, Lord. And on time and ready, you did every single day. You didn't skip. So right. I, I had to catch up Look. a few days. It wasn't okay, a perfect see. run. You it were setting them up. Story. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. No, I didn't know. It's I'm, fine. I knew, but I wasn't going to say anything. We can just right, cut it out. It's because fine. I don't. No, it's fine. I, it, this can exactly. Stay. I hadn't listened to any of the podcast. <laughs> I swear to. <laughs> you know, a good job, Joe. Just good job. Well, I don't mind. I don't mind sharing that because that's also been a part of this ride. Like mm-hmm. I've created the music every single day. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet the the goal of mixing and releasing and and putting together all the pieces because I'm not just making the music. I'm creating visuals. I'm creating yes. little videos. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's been. It's not just the music process. It's the. Yeah. The post-production process right. too, mm-hmm. which is its own time-consuming so part. Right? And you used to be so stuck on the perfection of just the composition, right? You got to deal with the marketing, the 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 branding, and, and all the this. Layers, stuff. exactly, exactly. So that that entire process, because I started it that way, it was important for me to finish it that way. Mm-hmm. So there were days where I would post two pieces at the same time right. because the day before was just so hectic. Mm-hmm. It's been stressful, but it's been a stress I've been able to learn from as and do opposed you feel to like just being grown? stressful. I certainly have. Yeah. I listen to all the pieces that I produce. Number one, I'm super proud of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's given me a new appreciation for my skill set mm-hmm. and I when I started I started six seven years ago and just going back and listening to my old stuff and I hear the growth that I've had mm. and just powerful month, it, yeah it's it's so it's so great and uh, folks have caught caught on to it and I've got um, I'm gonna be featured on a friend's blog this month. Uh, she wants to know n- more about what my process was like, so I'm going to fill her in on that. And then, well, the process is first you download something, and then you get reported by some old white lady. I mean, there is <laughs> that part of it. Right? That's the process. I mean, it was then, a struggle. Then you get blocked by a white friend, <laughs> <laughs> which is the goal. Which is really you went through change. haters on all sides. I sure did. You had someone report you. You had all a friend sides. turn their back. It was a drama. There were trials, sure but then look at the end of it. You finished it, and then you got you you got a pending deal mm-hmm. with a mega blogger. Mm-hmm. My God, look at what this did. And I told you earlier. I said it earlier in the group chat. Like, look at the month that you of work you did, and just the. You know, mm-hmm. you you stuck to it, and out of that, you got this thing. Like mm-hmm. you're and, and like in the and worst you... month ever, all through it, the worst month. Oh, of January, of like, I was like, of first January of all, being so terrible, and you were able to get through I, it. I, I, got Jan- through it, and January now January wasn't a terrible month for me. It was it was hard. It's and, catharsis. I mean, there was there. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, Ooh. for the world, it was probably pretty shitty. But I was focused on my music, <laughs> which was self care. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's what you need, Carlos. What about you? So this week has been another crazy week for me at work. We had some big, big stuff go down. I don't want to get too much into that. Because you didn't go down. Because no, 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 I'm fine. Because okay. um, no weapon formed. Against me shall prosper, honey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but one of the things that I discovered this week, and I am super late to this, I am a video gamer, which we've talked about oh, okay. in the most recent, mm. uh, in one of our recent episodes. Uh, but a video game that came out last year in July timeframe and then in September released a uh, multiplayer battle royale style is a mm. game called Fortnite. 
Um, oh, that game is that. so fun, and it's been very popular. And what do you I got it on? Totally missed it. I got it on PlayStation Four. What about you? Oh, uh, PC, so I can't play. Oh, it. and on oh. Xbox, we're all three on. So <laughs> three ships in the night. Tell us about this game. But I'm it's still a really, on PlayStation it's Two. It's a really Damn. fun game. My understanding of the main story, which I did not play, is that it takes place in this sort of post-apocalyptic world where there's a storm that's caused people to die, and then there's like a. Pe- a horde of zombies that's like chasing and killing and so the people that are left that are still people are forced to try and fight for survival and for resources so that's the main story quest which I did not play but what everyone is playing because it's free is the online multiplayer battle royale shoot 'em up style game and what's really fun about it is that you can do it in squad, so you can have a four-person team and go in against 96 other people and try and take them out and do Battle Royale, Survival mm. of the Fittest style. What I like about it is that my brother and one of my friends, who now lives in California, they're both on it. And so they've hooked me into it, and the three of us will play online together. And it's just fun. It's an escape. It's a good way to reconnect with my brother and, and my other friend. And so... That's been, in a very fun way, sort of self-care for me because it's gotten my mind off of some of the craziness Mm -hmm. of the week. Um, And just, again, fostering that level of closeness. We play. We have the microphone. So we're, like, talking to each other and saying, hey, come over here. I've got shields or you've got a health kit or we're going to, like, change weapons or we're going to this place. The cooperation. Yeah. So it's it's really neat and it's a fun time. I am rubbish at the game. I'm I'm the first person to tell you I'm trash at it. I want to get better. So, like, I'm jumping right into the middle of dogfights and, like, just trying to shoot him and not and being strategic people. at all. I love the game because you can be a petty bitch. Yes, you can hide in a. <laughs> there bush. are traps. <laughs> yes, you can see traps. <laughs> I did. I got. I died in a trap the other day. I like walked into one of the houses and there was a trap set right behind the front door. And they're like, like spike traps in the floor. It was like bitch kaboom bye bye. <laughs> I always go straight to Loot Lake and there's a mansion. Oh, I like in the, Lake. because the way the game works is you got a hundred people playing, but they all start in this plane that goes across the map and you get to choose when you want to parachute down to the world and then it's just willy-nilly everybody's shooting each other so you try to get somewhere that's isolated right right but then the added factor oh and side note like nobody knows the story of this i didn't know there were zombies in this game because i only like yeah, me and everybody everybody plays yeah, the multiplayer. multiplayer but um it's just it is fun and uh uh speaking to the like connecting aspect I did a video on YouTube talking about like who are your real friends or like you know what qualifies a friend. And one thing that I left a spatula. One one pointing the spatula like an old lady. People have so many people have messaged me about I that. Crack it's up. so great. <laughs> anyway, um, one thing that I forgot to mention. I did mention that I have a friend Terrence who I became really good friends with over Skype because we used to Skype every day. Uh, my in my mind, making friends is something that you build up over time. I mentioned y'all, you right. know, uh, we ride the train home mm. every week. And like, even though that's not an everyday thing, it's something that we do consistently and mm-hmm. that builds a friendship. One thing I didn't mention was gaming, especially in today's age where you can uh, talk over the microphone. I play Smite every day. So mm-hmm. I've got people in Minnesota that are like, I've never seen them. And like, but we talk literally every day and we laugh and we're screaming about the same game and stuff. And I'm sure that in Fortnite, you're having mm. the same thing. You know, it's funny because my, my brother and I actually used to play 
World of Warcraft together mm. a while ago. Mm. And those those folks I used to play with, like, we would play together every day. Mm-hmm. And I came out to my World of Warcraft guild first. Mm. Oh, yeah, so much important wow. information. Yeah. And lots of, I guess you could say, counseling or, like, talking to each other yeah. mm-hmm. about stuff. Because these are people that don't know you. Yeah. Like, and so but you're creating community with them. You're virtually. creating community. You can dump stuff. You're breaking bread, breaking oh, skulls. There's on this note. There's a really good. Um, what did you say? <laughs> you are a garbage person. Breaking bread and breaking skulls. That's fine. I like that. That's, That's cute. Uh, that I need that like on a shirt. Way. On a shirt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, you got it. No, what was I going to say? Uh, Netflix uh, recommendation uh, before we move on. There's a uh, series about Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, yeah. It's about a mm. father and a son that have grown apart, but through their love of Final Fantasy, they get back together as like, mm. but wow. but the dad doesn't know. The son is trying to figure out how to reconnect with his dad. Oh. And because the dad, when he was a young boy, bought him his first Nintendo and he got Final Fantasy One. Uh, the boy is like, oh, Final Fantasy fourteen is out now, and it's really it's in Japanese, so you have to read the subtitles. And it's clearly like marketed by Square Enix to like mm. make Final Fantasy right. fourteen even more popular than it already is. But um, it's a really touching story, and it's really cute because like the way they portray it, you know, it's a boy, and it's like filmed or it's recorded it IRL in real life. But when he's dumping his emotions or like talking about his problems with his friends, it goes into Final Fantasy fourteen. And so you're talking to rabbits and like little people and like <laughs> big buff out dragons and stuff. They're all talking about real world issues. Mm. So it's really neat. Well, I, I guess the, this is uh, my yeah. turn to talk about what happened in my week. Oh, yeah. What happened in your week? Okay. So I'm going <laughs> to ignore. I sensed a little shade. I, I did. did. But <laughs> <laughs> do y'all know what that's from? Yeah. It's uh, got right to be here. real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, what are we doing? What do we say? What is your week? Oh, my week. Yes. <laughs> so it's like that Jennifer it's Lewis video. Jonathan Solo. Oh, and she was like, yes, indeed. Yep. Go ahead. Tell him, Jennifer. And she's like, <laughs> thank, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. What was the question? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> yeah. I love that woman. But look, I feel like the pendulum has swung, at least for, I think for all of us, in a completely the opposite direction. Because if you remember one week ago, we had all had really shitty weeks. Yeah. And just for me, I, I've listened to you three and I'm like, wow, really good stuff going on. For me, it has definitely been like a week where I've realized. So I mentioned that YouTube video that I made earlier, and in it I also said that I've kind of felt zapped for creative energy. Like I've just lost the mm. ability to create right now, and it's been it's been a while. Like I like making YouTube videos. I used to be super fun, like fun in my editing. I used to act multiple characters, and I would get into that, and I would set up my camera and do all this stuff. Right. And I I can't like I, it's not coming right now. The ideas are not coming. But I have decided that I'm going to reinvent myself this year. That's another thing. You know, uh, it's not too late for a resolution. I don't call them resolutions. I just come up with things to do. So the first one was to uh, get more relationships with, like, QPOC creators. Mm -hmm. All right. But at the same time now, I want to better myself. So this week or starting next week, I'm taking acting classes. Oh. Um, This weekend, I'll restart taking hip-hop dance classes. Oh. um, Coming for gigs and wigs. Gigs and wigs. I got my backstage uh, 
account set up. I've already submitted for uh, <laughs> well, our, our, our... Not Backpage, Backstage. <laughs> what is Backpage? Backpage oh. is what you do when you need to make a few extra dollars if on the side. Something strange for Didn't some you ever read the Epic of Zola? Hold on, Backpage is like when back in the old days when the gays had the, the pamphlets and it oh, was the Backpage. Oh, honey. No? It's I mean, like kind of, but services. that's what I thought, right? Yeah. Like or in the you village, sell your bike. Okay, let's a little education here. That's that the yeah. they had magazine yeah. pamphlets, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And the back page was the hoe section, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, mostly, for, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. sex work and companionship. I mean, hoe and sex work—that's a thing. I mean, yeah. no, no shaming no shame. anybody. No slut shaming. We got some hoe. No body shaming. That because some of y'all are doing it for free, and Hello? you should be charging. Well, people. Might that's what Zola said. Lord, we're two of the same spirit. Never so, take so less you, than 250. That's right. Um, I'm doing it for free, though. Know your worth and charge double, honey. Hello. <laughs> um, It'd still so be you free. you got a backstage. Backstage account, and account. I've submitted. I, listen, Zach. Let, let, can we please yeah, go let ahead. Jonathan tell Yeah, what story. happened, Jonathan? So I submitted to Vanity Fair for a reading. Thank you very much. <gasps> you did? Oh, yes. Fine. I did. Oh, uh, the, Emmys, the, Oscars, Grammys, the, the listing said it needs, needs to sound intellectual but slightly sarcastic. But, so oh, your like, specialty. There we go. <laughs> I should go with that. <laughs> if I may, before we, we move oh, on, I okay. want to piggyback off of a point that, that Jonathan said. And, and as a fellow creative, I, I resonate with, with the idea that sometimes you just can't find your creative drive and you feel like the ideas aren't running. And what you're doing is so important like sometimes you've got that means you just got to take some time and invest in yourself refill your wellsprings and and figure out why it is you do what you do and uh that's awesome i'm happy for you yeah thank you flexing those creative muscles yeah gotta new in different ways it's just like we said Trying something just new. like we said at the first panel that started this podcast if you remember we said that you know, I said a lot of shit. You did. You, <laughs> you, you, you ought to be glad that they didn't record. I was mad yeah. they didn't record it because they said they were recording it, but they didn't. But thank God. Cause... But thank God <laughs> that they didn't record it. But one of the points we made at that original panel was just as with because we were all yeah, we were all gay men there. We were like, just as the gay male community can work out at the gym all the time to build their self-confidence by making their bodies look better, and that's how they build their self-confidence, so too must you exercise your mind. Mm. Yeah. Something you can't see, but something that definitely needs to be worked on. So thanks for acknowledging that. Yeah. like, And, that, and that's what this January thing has, has taught yeah. me. Like, you, it's, it's a matter of showing up, mm-hmm. right? Like. Can't show it's out not, if you're not showing up. Exactly. Like, and it's not about creating something perfect every single time. It's just mm-hmm. about the act of creating and letting it go and letting it be and being okay with that. Mm-hmm. And and that's what makes all the difference. And the drive to get there because you can't get a seat at the table if you're not hungry. Exactly. It is now time for the tea. The tea. Ooh, hot. Ooh. So... Uh, this is where we talk about our hot topics for the week, and they are good and tasty. And what just happened? Occasionally sweet. And <laughs> Carlos and Zach are currently freaking out. Zach just did a slurp thing that was so inappropriate. <laughs> Zach is is consistently inappropriate. I know, but that one took me over. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of hot messes. Uh, this Sunday marked a milestone year for the Grammys. They had their 60th 
anniversary and returned to New York City after 15 years. And the nominations happened in November. And the cool thing about it is that 17 of the 20 nominees in major categories were artists of color. Uh, What was really cool was that three out of five album of the years were hip hop albums mm-hmm. that has never happened before. Mm-hmm. And so, and it, it feels like this is some sort of monumental uh, result of the mm. industry cracking down on a lack of diversity. It's real easy to, to look at that and think, oh, well, you know, the Grammys are really doing something great for diversity. The Grammys still have a problematic past in history, especially when it comes to artists of color, because Rarely do artists of color cross over into the pop categories, mm-hmm. where sometimes they they can absolutely compete. And and the Grammys is American music, right? Or no? The, you're thinking of the American. I'm thinking music of American awards. music yes. awards. Okay. So, uh, the Grammys is notorious for snubbing black artists. I mean, what happened with like Solange got nominated for a song, but a seat at the table didn't get. A Grammy nomination. It didn't get right. album of the year. Despite like it being have. fantastic. What about Beyonce and Lemonade? Beyonce lost mm-hmm. to Beck for her her self titular album. Mm-hmm. She lost to Adele for Lemonade, and I, I mean Adele broke her Grammy in half. <laughs> Did she gave, literally break? She it? broke her Grammy in half. Oh, the wow. Grammy cameras um, switched to another shot before they before Adele was seen on camera. Breaking her Grammy in half because they were not about to air that. On I no. didn't see any news story of that or it, anything. There's pictures of it. It's there's pictures wow. of it. Yeah. The Grammys tried to, to keep fake that news, hidden. and so she she was like, "Here's your half because you really deserve this." And uh, you know, like what Adele said last year was so important because she specifically talked about mm-hmm. how Beyonce's music makes her black friends feel mm-hmm. and how it makes them stand up for themselves. And I was like, thank you, Adele, for saying that. Yeah, and she also said, like, what does Beyonce have to do yeah. to win this damn award? Exactly. Because she hasn't won it. <clears throat> she hasn't, no. She hasn't won it, album, of the, album of the year. No, in fact, Beyonce no has... black woman has won it except <laughs> Lauren Hill. Lauren right? Hill was the last black woman to win album of the year in 1999. And it's 2000, what, 18? Yeah, and a Jesus. hip-hop album hasn't won I, I think, wait, I could be wrong. Means... A hip-hop album also hasn't won since Lauryn Hill yeah. in 1999. What, what did she lose to Beck with? Uh, self-titled album? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, now, with the like, one that she dropped in the middle, like a thief in the night. Taking my dollars. It was the album that changed how the music industry releases music. I remember where I was. I was in Memphis, Tennessee at a checkers drive-thru. When I received a text message mm-hmm. that Beyonce had released an album, so and bitch, and it was right. Like, and and if we're talking about this year, uh, SZA was up for five nominations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. didn't win a single one. Nope. Yeah. And th- it was cool to see Alessia Cara win. Yeah, her best new artist Grammy, but she didn't have anywhere near as many nominations as SZA did. And to lose all of them. And, I, I, I mean, on it, SZA's music is unapologetically black. That's why yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Um, and I'm not mad about Bruno Mars winning Album of the Year. But a lot of people are. Because... 24K Magic sucks. It doesn't suck. No, it doesn't. 24K Marriage. I don't like it. No, the problem is that people are saying that Did you say 24 Gay Marriage? No, I said 24 New Marriage. The problem, the problem, the reason JoJo and I don't see a problem is because we kind of share the same kind of 
ethnic mix as Bruno Mars. And so we're finding that we have to defend our multiculturalism well, when when black people say that he ripped off music, the black music from black people and is now repackaging and the white people That's, like him for that. That is black? a whole other conversation because uh, that, that pisses me off. Like Bruno Mars is a person of color right. and people of color who, who credits are brown the black skin, people. Exactly. Who are brown skin. A lot of us have spent our mu- like our music exposure has been to R and B growing up. Oh yes, like and and with specific. I want to speak specifically. Like I, you know, there's it's depicted in movies all the time. Like Good Morning Vietnam, um, and I just know personal stories from people all the, specifically like Vietnamese and Filipino people when they grew up with soldiers in their place. They listened to the American music. Yeah, and so they were very their all their whole families. Like I know a woman who wanted like. Negro spirituals to be sung at her wedding as she got, and she's like straight up like Bangladeshi or something. I don't know. But like, I was like, why do you want like this to be sung at your wedding? Like, so our music went out into the world and has been appreciated by people. And for people to be like, well, to hate on like Bruno Mars for winning these awards because he's using the black style, which became popular. He's not appropriating. He's not, you know, no. appropriation is where you take and then you don't credit and then you and then you demonize everybody else for you. He's appreciating the people who taught him his upbringing. He's trained right. in the craft. He's producing the music. He's he's like he's modeled himself after as an artist as, after James Brown. And yeah. acknowledges that. Where the the critique that I've had and I've been sharing with people and, and I've been speaking to people who aren't just responding to the surface level of things is that Bruno's album wasn't the cultural phenomenon that Damn was that or that 444 was. I mm-hmm. thought 444 should have gotten the Grammy because it was groundbreaking for what's possible in hip-hop, where Jay-Z isn't doing the usual mm-hmm. hip-hop grandstanding mm-hmm. that you hear. He's talking about real-life shit. Oh, no, he told, he know? did a lot. Of, he said a lot in that. He really did. And and not cool. just shit that was he was dealing with in his personal life. But advice to the black community? Exactly. Like, by like financial <laughs> advice. I was like, He had his okay. lesbian mother on there. Yeah, he, like, exactly. Like, that was, that was what was, I, I loved that. He wrote a love song to his mom. And acknowledged her Struggle. coming out mm. to him all those years later. Yeah. Like that's amazing. And and where Jay Z is in his, is in his life right now as a black man. And it's so important to hear when a man who's forty five years old is that right? Uh, Jay Z. Yeah. Well, you know uh, what I will to say hear is hear that from a, a black man mm-hmm. to say those things. That means so yeah. much. How old is Jay Z? Jay Z is forty eight years old. Oh, oh. okay. 48? Oh my black goodness. Black don't crack. Damn. Well, unless you... Wait, black. what? He's not that attractive. I, he ain't cracking? I think Jay-Z's swag is very attractive. So. Thank you. The runner-up of RuPaul's Drag Race last year, Peppermint, will make her Broadway debut in the Go-Go's musical, Head Over Heels. When the musical opens this summer, she'll become the first performer who identifies as a trans woman to originate a principal role on Broadway. That's amazing! 
Now, it should be noted, Peppermint is now the second Drag Race contestant to appear on Broadway. The first being another Drag Race uh, girl from New York, Milan, who was on season four. Um, And Milan appeared in Motown and Hairspray. Um, Many others have been part of the New York theater scene, including Jinx Monsoon, who has celebrated numerous off-Broadway runs with her act, The Vaudevillians, and New York cabaret favorite, Alexis Smith. I wouldn't necessarily say that is Alexis Michelle is a favorite. <laughs> I love I, <laughs> just the facts, please. It, it just the facts. The, the facts said, said what I said. <laughs> so, but this also so Jin, you said before Ginger Minj yeah, Ginger, was on Broadway. Ginger Minj, I I just remember hearing that she was in Beauty and the Beast as the clock on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it was like a tour or if it was. Wasn't didn't BB have a short stint on Broadway in something? BB's like, a Harbinet. Yeah, like I think people, Queen of the Desert or something. I think people just said that she was in Lion King as a pejorative. Shade. No, shade. I, I, I thought I thought I saw her. Wait, like, who did they say she played in the Lion King? <laughs> One of the hyenas. oh, that she was in something. Yeah, she may have been. I remember her. Mm. I remember something with Priscilla Queen in the Desert and, oh. and her being in. I don't remember. I th- I think that they're they're bringing that back, that right? Will. Priscilla Queen of the Desert. That's having a Is it? revival. I heard something about that, and yeah. I saw people getting really happy about it, and I was like, Not "Should as I happy be happy as about Spice this? Girls reunion?" That's, that's all I care about is the Spice Girls reunion. I, I care about Peppermint success and the Spice Girls. I'm sorry, that's but it. I looked at that picture of the Spice Girls together, and I honestly could not tell which one was Scary Spice because I feel like in '97, oh, white people got real tan. And they contour. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Wait, is Scary Spice not black? She she's is. black, but, but I'm she's, just saying she's, she's, she's medium um, to she's light. She's between your and my complexion. Yeah, she was never dark skinned. I thought she was in the '90s. She, no, she did. Didn't she have like an afro and stuff? She had she those was crazy black. puffs. She didn't have she blonde did. hair. Okay, yeah. that must she, be what it was. I mean, I could still pick her. I, it was process of elimination. Obviously, I said the one on the bottom left, right. but like <laughs> it was really hard. And I was like, what happened to the black one? Well. <laughs> <laughs> What I will say about that issue is that <laughs> white women contour a lot now, and that automatically makes them look a little bit darker than they yeah, really are. Yeah, because Spice looked real, like... Wait, so you're saying that the toasty. white women... Okay, so slurping is going to be... Because <laughs> there's her face. just <laughs> She just looks like she's I'm done with sucking you. on a lemon. I will say Sporty Spice is the most beautiful. Oh, I don't know. She Emma got... has an age today. I know, that's true. No, but she gets that British white thing. That they get. You have to tell for the listeners what you're doing. Oh no, Brita. Oh, I feel I don't want to be racist, but like, yeah, they 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 get a real definitive line right here. Yeah, that's not and bad. That's That's an age thing. It's an age thing. He's talking. Zach is talking about. Is this jowls or yeah? Yeah. Like the mescaline. Mescaline is a drug. Mescaline. Well, that that's what. Hold on, that's a salad. That's mescaline. Oh. <laughs> okay. The reason. No, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's, I can explain it perfectly. So when Amarosa was on Wendy Williams, one of them told the other. She like pointed to that section of the face and she's like, the mescaline shows, honey. <laughs> Just YouTube it. The, when Amarosa went on Wendy Williams and they were about to fight. Let's move on. I said what I said. <laughs> I wanted to say before, since this was a Broadway story, uh, mm. and I didn't get to mention in my self-care. Your backdoor profile. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, I will have you to stop with that. I saw Once on This Island, Ooh. and I'm going to go see it again because it's just that good. So, Who's all in that? Uh, Leia Salonga is in uh-huh. it as like the goddess of life, and then there are some other famous people in it, okay, but I, I mean, don't know. Sal- that's accurate for Leia Salonga, isn't it? 
Right. <laughs> she's giving life. Alex There's Newell. Like, Alex Newell. You can say it because uh, I know Isaac Powell. He's new. Mm-hmm. Well, he's Everyone's in it, and it's on. a great show. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know him? Like, no, I'm just saying mm-hmm as in yes, you are correct. Fuck. Did you? Anyway, <laughs> I'm seeing it again, and great. I'm really into it. So there. Go see it. Tuesday evening, James Conley III made a Facebook post about his recent experience at the Jordan Creek Old Navy store located in Des Moines, Iowa. Since yesterday, and I just copied-pasted this from my article that I wrote on this life, a, uh, a lot has transpired, but Old Navy has yet to reach out to Conley or address the issue publicly. Um, basically, in short, he writes, Today I was racially profiled by the Old Navy store in West Des Moines. Iowa in Jordan Creek. I was accused that I didn't pay for my blue bubble jacket that I got for Christmas that I wore into the store. As I was checking out to purchase some hoodies, I was asked if I wanted to purchase the jacket that I was wearing. The fuck? Right. So I'm not what? even going to read the rest of it. Like the, mm. the caucasity of it all. Like because it was a white clerk and it was a white uh, mm. store manager and it was a white district manager. Oh, wait. That so was it went the all store. the way to the top? Oh, because she was in the store. So I can, I'm going to put the script down now because I can talk about this all I can. Um, and you're going to ad-lib all you can. Yeah. But where uh, are your backgrounds? First of all, where do you get off? Number two, mm-hmm. he was like, I bought this. Number three, they didn't believe him. So they but called out the- you can prove that shit on the camera. You can. And so he, the district manager let's happened to, to be in that. Let's go to the tape. He said that to the- de- And then what happened? He was right, and nobody apologized. District manager didn't come out of the surveillance office, nothing. Oh, my God. So he made that Facebook post, and I saw it that morning. Uh, It it happened the night before. And, uh, you know, it went viral. It was on Twitter. Mm. The woman, the district manager, whatever her name was, uh, she shut down her Twitter. Uh, We reached out uh, at this QPOC Life to uh, Gap Inc. So I emailed them, and then they got back to me saying, you know, the basic uh, PR, we are a company of equal values, mm-hmm. a no means no policy, uh, so no tolerance for, like, racial profiling, blah, 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 blah. So so then why hasn't there been an official ad- address? I, I guess that was the addressing of it. News agencies that are reporting on this story are now saying that they all got the same thing. Uh, the Old Navy store was closed down the next day. I don't know, pending investigation or something. Like th- They just had... Uh, paper signs saying mm. this location is closed today. So I, I think the story is still developing. I didn't look developing. I didn't look before we went on air to see like what the result was. But this was a big thing because like shopping while black, basically, you know, it's or so as a person annoying. of color, like when you go into a store and this is probably something that our white listeners could listen to very closely. We have different experiences mm-hmm. when we go into stores, whether it's a gas station or a department store or whatever. White people follow you in the store. I grew up in Mississippi, and then you know, a small town. There was a, a place that sold shoes and clothes, like Nike brand. Like it was a small town, like literally maybe a couple thousand people. So it was like on the square, if you know how right. that that works mm-hmm. in a county. And it's like, so I just remember every time me or my cousins would go in there, they would follow you to the back where the shoes were, and just stand and pretend like they were like, like "Bitch, I see what you're doing." At the time, I didn't know what they were doing, but as I grew older and realized, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing in gas stations. Um, I think that probably, no shade, but I feel like the only person, people here that could relate are either Pedro, our producer, who's over on the floor for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pedro, why aren't you sitting in the chair? It's, it's, it became the coat chair, and I'm just uncomfortable. That's yeah. your stuff. <laughs> There's coat hooks. 
Well, my bag is there. There's coat hooks. It's fine. We can move my bag. And JoJo. Like, you know, I I have a, I mean, it, it so I have a, a sort of funny-ish story to tell about this. I, uh, I like to occasionally take a trip to the Bergdorf Goodman store. Okay. Just so I can walk in and dream for a little bit. Yes. So, feel like an old white woman. <laughs> Maybe. I feel so. like an old white woman. <laughs> so apropos. <laughs> so... I uh, I went in with a friend of mine who is white, and and you know oh, you yeah. had an A B test ready to go. Here we go. Yep. So I and this was in, I didn't mean to do this, but this is what it turned into anyway. So and like y'all know how I dress on the regular. Bougie. So like thank you. Yeah. So it, but like knowing that I'm going to the Bergdorf Goodman store, you went extra bougie. Right. So. Uh, I'm a deadline on your shoulder. Suited. Yeah, was, and, <laughs> I walked in. I walked in. Velvet. Oh, honey, she is velveteen. <laughs> so I walked in, living my best Cookie Lions fantasy, but with a little, a little more class than that. And so, but my friend was in like you know button-down jeans and sneakers. Mm. So we're we're walking around the store, and I'm talking about oh I remember this from this collection, blah blah blah. Like I know what I'm talking about while we're in the store, and I'm sort of fantasy shopping for my mm-hmm. friends. Like I saw things, and I'm like oh this looks so cute on Carlos, look great on on Jonathan, and eh, Zach. <laughs> so I said what, what I, I said. said. So. Oh my. <laughs> Uh, but like every 15 minutes or so, my friend is the one who's getting asked, do you need any help? Can I help you find something? Blah, 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 blah. Really, Jonathan? What? That wasn't me. That was you can check what I've got on my phone I'm not right on Grindr now. right now. I'm looking at the script. Who did it? Who did it? Is no- it your iPad? <laughs> it was not. I don't even get notifications. I don't even know where that oh. came from, so we're just going to continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> which, so, which is funny, Jojo, because you are one, you are the only person that I've ever said the name Andre Leon Talley around, and you're like, oh, I know everything. <laughs> I, I love Andre Leon I mean, I know Andre Leon Talley as well. Oh, well, I was just saying around a bunch of like like straight white people. Oh. That might have been it, too. Yeah. Go ahead. That's the person. Go ahead. I, 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 so we're in the store and everyone's checking in with my friend. And, you know, it's my friend. Asking what your friend wants. You're right. And I'm white friend. Right. So I'm there and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I look and I sound like I know what I'm talking about. No offers for help. I get it's like, are you okay? And that's it. And and not, and not like the like they genuinely concerned. Like, can I help you find something? Do you right. need any help today? It's it was more like we're watching you. Right. By the way. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, I'm just I was over it. No, but I, also living my best life. I, I, I <laughs> now that you tell that story, I have a very similar story. Uh, we went to a P. So it was a PAO function, but not really. It was outside of the PAO PAO function. So, uh, me and you know Larry who works with, like, youth and stuff. You know Larry from the PAO. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to, we stopped by in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Right, this was at the Metropolitan? Uh, It was a wine store. Uh, Oh, I remember this. I was with you. Larry and I, first of all, there was, like, no real line. But, like, I just remember, it's like a, imagine a rectangular room and then, like, basically, like, in any RPG, like, you walk into a rectangle and then, like, the counter is at the top. Right. So mm-hmm. anybody who wants to buy something will go to that far extreme end of the rectangle, the, the room. Right. So Larry picks up a bottle of wine and literally like the the, per, the clerk is already taking care of somebody at the counter. So we're like standing about five feet away, just standing there. And then a white girl walks up from behind us and passes a or actually 
I don't remember how it happened, but helps the other person first. And we're just looking like, what? Like, we're clearly standing right here. And then afterwards, she helps Larry, finally. And then she's like, oh, I didn't see you standing there. Like, bitch, there are two of us right here. You did Mm. not see us. And then secondly, how did you see the white girl behind us Mm -hmm. if you didn't see us? We're not invisible. So it's shit like those that. folks in Williamsburg are used to not seeing people of color every day. Well, and then I mean, it must have an actual physical manifestation then <laughs> that I just don't, over there laughing. Don't know because he caught exactly what I meant. Uh, and that's a whole other. Maybe we'll do a whole episode about Williamsburg because that place makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me sick to my stomach. I'm, before we move on, I I remember when I was m- looking for a roommate, and I used to live on used to live so you won't find me there now stalkers um i used to live in brooklyn on Le- in bedsty lexington between franklin and bedford and so on my post on uh reddit and on um looking for a roommate and on craigslist i would put that it was on on bedford well fucking white people called me a liar and like thumbed down my thing because it was in bedsty they're like, that's not Bedford. Bedford is off the L stop. Like, first of all, I wrong Bedford. I literally <laughs> Wikipedia'd it. No, same Bedford. Well, right, but I mean, like in terms of like stop versus that, Bedford is the like the street. longest street yeah. in like the world, or like in Brooklyn at least in New York, which is the world. Right. True. Yeah. I was going to think is the Via Della Rosso like longer. I'm oh, sure. I don't care about Jesus walked on that road <laughs> and died for our sins. <laughs> But <laughs> that is the longest road. Because just knowing a couple of the sins in this room. <laughs> Thank you. Jonathan, what I will say. And they were they were saying that I was not real. Like, first of all, like how what kind of small world do you live in that you're gonna call somebody a liar? I do live off of fucking Bedford. It's not the Bedford L stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna Becky, get... you're from Des Moines. You don't know what the fuck You just we're got talking here. Right. Just I just got, got here, here too, but you're not but... gonna tell me. Anyway, what what I will Go say that's really on your chopped cheese, Becky. That's nope. it's something that's really sobering is just like to hear like all of these experiences of consistent like harassment and feeling like you do not belong, that you cannot afford this, and them constantly having their eyes on all of you. It's like it's really upsetting because um, one time I stole an entire unclean salmon from Walmart. <laughs> Unclean salmon? Unclean as in like they hadn't cut off the head and <laughs> you just walked out of there with a big fish, stole a whole salmon. Was it writhing? <laughs> like what happened? No, I mean it Did you put Unclean on? in the sense that it still had the head on. No, I because know. I wanted the eyes too. So like wait, when why, you fry it. But why were you stealing? Oh, because um in college and throughout my life. I haven't had a huge amount of money, so when I want something in a supermarket and it's a big fucking Walmart or something, then, you know, if I need something then and I can't afford it, then, you know. So this is your white privilege speaking all the way right now. You're, you're oh, white. No, we're not talking about privilege. We're talking about the fact that I'm real fucking good at stealing shit. Mopping. I will mop every store <laughs> I go to. Mopping is stealing. I'm not sure that this is something we need to You know, to. actually, my biggest heist was actually my smallest one because it was uh, Saffron. 
Oh, so oh, it's like per that's unit super is expensive, expensive, but like, how did you even get your hands on? We're not talking about. We're not talking about shoplifting, and we're not going to teach the children how to shoplift. Oh, see, on this what podcast. you do is you you got to get good. I'm sure sleeves. that they already know. That's a lot of trick. most of our a lot of our Q-Pox people have oh. watched Paris is Burning and know how to rob from that one. They know how to pull a stunt. Well, you also need an accomplice, and you can do the double uh, <laughs> checkout into the single cart trick, where you put your bags on top of your roommates. Oh no, I thought you were going to go into how to Paris steal? is Burning and the burger place. Oh. Five dollars. <laughs> oh, trust we got your five dollars back. <laughs> Where else can you go and get get it your way and walk out and without leave paying without anything? paying? <laughs> oh, bless! I lost the script because of oh grinder. Oh my god! They put okay. the cheese. Oh, so you had the grinder. <laughs> And now, once again, it is time for your Bloop of the Week. Bloop. And this week, we are getting political once more. Sorry, those people who are somehow Republicans and listening to us, but we're going to go in again on Carrot Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you are Republican and you made it this far, congratulations. You. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Also, we're open for patrons on our Patreon page. So if you, you have know, a few the, coins, it's the rich white people. And if, that your white girl, <laughs> if your white girl inspires you to give to us, then please, please go ahead. Thank you. But thank you to those who have given. And I don't know what a Caligula is. Caligula. Okay. Caligula was a Roman emperor. And tyrant. Oh, it makes he sense. He was famous for his orgies. Yes. yes. Just like Trump. That's, I, I just. I don't want to. I wish mind bleach were a thing right hearsay. now. Hearsay. Okay. That is hearsay and don't talk about Nikki Haley who, like that. Who was who our friend that gave us that? That was our friend, uh, was it Catherine? Mary Catherine? Uh, hold on, I had her here. Mary Catherine Gallagher? Mary. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> hold on. I want to say it's Catherine. Hold on, give me two seconds. I'm going to look up. So if you are not a member of the Nieces and Nephews of Maxine Waters Facebook group. What are you uh, doing with your life? What, first of all, Started by how Jonathan. dare you? Jonathan and I. It stayed at it 20 together. members for like the longest. I am an admin as well. And, and also Zach. Okay, so the person who brought it was our friend Crystal Meyer on the Nieces and Nephews of Maxine Waters Facebook page. If you are not a part of that group, please feel free, and you are a listener, please feel free to join. And now that we've mentioned it, we can share it in the Nieces and Nephews, because there's thousands of people in there that like us. That will enjoy this. So going going back to our bloop of the week. So earlier in the week, um, Carrot Caligula himself had his first State of the Union speech in front of... Uh, the Congress and in front of white America, in front of all of white America. I like to call it the STFU speech. The <laughs> STFU, and baby, it was eighty minutes of pure non-sensory. I mean, there was some stuff in there that didn't sound too bad, but once again, it's one of those situations where. You listen to him and you can't believe a single thing that he says because so much of it of what he says is absolute. And he always did you really watch it? I did. I watched it too. I watched, I watched about too. half of it because oh, I God felt like it was important. I needed health. to do it for the culture. So yeah. you need to be armed and prepared. I need to be armed and prepared because this man is gaslighting us every single day. And so he had this 80 minute long speech, State of the Union, in front of Congress. Um, many people were in attendance, and notably a lot of people were not in attendance, especially our good auntie, Maxine Waters, who will not go there because she will not honor him, and she does not recognize him, and she is reclaiming all of her time. God bless her. Instead of attending the State of the Union, our good aunt, Maxine Waters, delivered a scathing State of the Union response, including lines such as, make no mistake, 
Trump is a dangerous racist. She delivered this on BET on Wednesday night um, as a response to the State of the Union address. And in about five and a half minutes, Maxine warned viewers that one speech cannot and does not make Donald Trump presidential, and he never will be presidential. (laughs) And she addressed all of the divisiveness that he has caused over the last year. Listen, all of you liberals, free-thinking moderates and Republicans, this man is going to destroy our country. He is trying to run our country aground, and he is controlled by foreign interests, and we are all here to tell you that, and Maxine is leading the charge down the hall to him straight to impeachment <laughs> and this is the year of impeachment i i sure i sure hope it is because blessed be the, i feel like they're just dragging it out you know earlier in the day for the state of the union address someone posted a video like it started going viral of richard nixon's uh, State of the Union address right. and how After Watergate. he was specifically saying like it's been a year of Watergate and this just needs shake to be it, over. Shake your head when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Water like, girl. and so my Water number girl. one, Dr. Sparrow Agnew. <laughs> <laughs> my number one comment was, my number one comment was, if somebody is waiting to spill tea on this day. Since it's 44 years after the State of the Union address, right before uh, Nixon was taken down, that would be such an artistic choice. A full circle moment. It went. <laughs> and the we're circle of shame. started back at one. <laughs> I was really looking forward to watching her response to the State of the Union address, but I don't have BET. So I had to watch it on YouTube earlier today. So I finally That's got good. around to it. Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's her, and we're just hoping that. The motherfucker gets impeached. How, how did your uh, how'd your grandfather say BET? Oh my god! Um, so <laughs> when I would go out to San Diego before my Lolo passed away, Lolo is uh, Tagalog for grandpa. Um, he would be like, "Hey, Jonathan, do you want to watch the Bet Channel?" I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "The Bet Channel? What bet. is that, Lolo? Oh, you know, bless. you know, you know the Bet, the Bet." And then he'll push forty seven or whatever it was in San Diego. And then there 106, goes, and 106 and Park in Rap City. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So even my own grandpa, mm. you know, acknowledges my blackness. And so I'm and I'm proud of that. Thank you, Lolo. Thank you. Well, speaking of True. speaking of like white mediocrity and white television, a lot of things happened this week on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, they sure did. Mm. Um, all right, so this was a big episode, but we don't want to spend, you know, three hours on it. So we let's could. We, could, we could. We very well could. We could break down every single thing. So let's talk about how we felt about the top people this week, the bottom people this week, and any other little, like, mini highlights. Carlos, what about you? Yeah, I think the episode wasn't nearly as strong as the last episode, which was the first episode of the uh, this new season. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, one of the things that I, I've noticed over the last couple of years is that we've had these mega lip sync challenges that have happened on the main stage. And progressively, they've gotten better. I feel like last year's oh, yeah. Queens, uh, Famous Queens in History was a really good one mm-hmm. for the series. And then this year, it felt very flat with these divas. I'm yeah. not sure if it had to do... I'm not sure what it had to do with. I'm, it might be the material. It might poor be writing. the girls. Just I think it's writing. the writing. Yeah. I think that the... the the choreography, I think that um, Todd Hall really set some girls up for failure. Yeah. And um, 
And as much as I love Thorgy and appreciate what she does, she really does get into her head and she really did play into that. Yeah, she was the inner saboteur storyline. But she was definitely onto something in that she didn't, or the character that she had for the episode challenge was uh, Stevie Nicks. And Stevie Nicks is an amazing person, an amazing musician, and is a gay icon. I mean, yeah. gays go yeah, up sure for is. Stevie Nicks. But, but she to had her a point. point it was, you know, you're not seeing people be like, yes, queen, we're goddamn it, like for, for Stevie Nicks. And that is true. Now, the challenge, right, and Rue would probably say, the challenge is how do you interpret that, especially someone that she reveres as exactly. much as she does, and right. make it funny or make it, inhabit that in a way that's draggy and right. over the top and not, we can't be too precious with our icons in that moment, especially mm-hmm. as people who are performers and drag performers. So, I mean... There are plenty of people that that you don't go yes queen over, and it's it's not a matter of like like don't make excuses for yourself. You yeah, know, I mean, you know what the job is. Here. I mean, Bendela was Julie Andrews, exactly, and but, that's not a yes queen, but, but she had the she, best lines. But she, but her part was written well, and yeah. one one thing that was kind of a little bit of a red flag for me when Thorgy was going off on her conspiracy theory, and I was like, shut up, Thorgy, even though she she was one of my picks to be in top three, but when she was going off on it, I realized that she had a really good point. Like all of the other girls not only were in their own numbers, but they were in other people's numbers as backup dancers. And you know what Rue and Michelle always like to be like, wow, Valentina, you did amazing. The cheerleading challenge. We kept on trying to find you and you had all these wonderful moments and you were upstaging everyone. Like you can't upstage anyone during their number if you're not in any of them. And she almost wasn't in them unless she was like, can I be in this one? Because everyone else was in everyone else's. Like, Milk was in every fucking scene. Right. Look what happened there. Mm. And I mean, like... fight. Mar- you've got to fight for your... Vis- like, in competitions, yeah. you've got to fight for your visibility. You do have to That's fight for your you visibility. But and it was you only, clear... If you only get the one shot, you one have shot. to shoot your shot. Then, you have to. And she played yeah. it safe. That's what she I saw. Did. Like, I, I, I didn't get to watch the whole episode. I didn't mm-hmm. see any of the rehearsal drama. But she didn't go for it. She mm-hmm. played it safe. And when you only have one chance to show folks what you got. Do what you got to do. You got to do what you've got to mm-hmm. do. And like Stevie Nicks might not be this high energy character, but they're like, you know. But neither was Dolly Parton. Exactly. And Trixie did that too. Very, very well. And like folks were coming for, for BB and her Diana Ross thing. And I'm like, Diana Ross is actually really, really hard. Yeah. To do well. And like Diana Ross is also Rue's favorite. Right. So BB was put in the most precarious situation because if you mess up Diana, you're, you're done. Gone. Like your career is over. And also BB had like the shortest part. She didn't exactly. really have any yeah. independent lines. She barely she had any lines. She walked out and then everyone else walked out. Like she her. had the Diana hair touching down and the mm. hair bouncing and just like that sort of like sleepy Those doe eye. Like, exactly. Yeah. And like Diana Ross is not an She's not a rambunctious character as a person. She's not. But Mariah. her nuances are so specific and mm-hmm. so lovable and adorable that you can make funny, mm. and she did. Yeah. So I'm like, like Thorgy, don't make excuses for yourself. Yeah. Right. Like, get it together. In terms of the top people, I mean, I thought that Shangela did an amazing job. Oh, she ate that episode. She, I mean, playing, and again, I also think this is one that where they played into some really good writing and a really mm-hmm. good character for her because Mariah. We know her. We love her. Her diva behavior is ridiculous. It was great bits. It was great bits. And yeah. Changela played them to their full effect. So good for her. Yeah. Um, and Can I think we... she definitely deserved a spot in the top. Can we talk about her walking around in that in that bubble? 
Oh, oh that, that, was that was everything. Like, that's hard to do in flat shoes. Let yeah. alone, Let alone we saw on America's Next Top Model Hello. when they were walking on a bubble in flats and they kept falling. Yeah. And she did it in heels. In heels, perfection, modeling, head to toe. I was like, okay, Shangela. She did real good. Mm-hmm. And then Bendela, again, again, had an amazing part, worked it very well. Had a lot of words because that song does have a lot. Uh, Call Me Mother has tons of words. So oh, that's yeah. hard to remember. And they both, I think, deserved a, a spot up there. I agree. Um, I was a little, it was a little strange because I think, if I recall correctly, Chi Chi was a top, but then got a lot of harsh criticism on no, her. No, Chi Chi was a bottom. She was in the bottom because even though her Patty LaBelle was good, they said, her, her runway. runway was really bad again. So then who was the other third top? No, it was a BB. It was BB. Oh, BB. Chi Chi was the one. Got it. Okay, I was real confused. I loved, I loved Chi Chi's character of Patty LaBelle. Yeah, she did a great job with Patty LaBelle, and she made the wig that that day. You saw her cutting. Yeah, we saw her cutting. Made that, and it was great. (laughs) It was perfect. Uh, But her was her runway that. But in the end, it was Kennedy and Thorgy that. What was Milk doing though? Like, what was that Celine Dion thing? So, I will say, because everyone was like, "What is Milk doing with the shoe?" It is it is a known fact. Celine Dion does this thing where she keeps on taking off her shoe and she talks into it like a phone. She's done it for years. Yeah. It's really weird and stupid, but she does it. But it's very her. Um, Milk's idea for the outfit was dumb. Stupid. But the thing that just really. Twice. Ups- it was dumb twice. Yeah. Because her, her, her look for the Celine Dion bit was not good. And then her look for Crazy the Sexy the cool. Runway. Like. She. She was trying to comment because they read her for having a safety pin in her first costume in the back. And they were like, that safety pin is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And they kept on like laying into it. So she was like, oh, I'll make a safety pin dress. But you really didn't know unless you remember that explicit critique. And so. Like, right. Like her look had like it looked nothing like. Yeah. If it was like a reference to the original Little Bo Peep thing that she had. But right. it wasn't. And then she gets off stage after being announced as safe. Which in this competition is a blessing. Right. But like. Has a tirade. Has a tirade. Like, I liked Milk a lot in season six, but you were coming across as entitled. Yeah. As fragile, mm-hmm. as full. It's just white mediocrity. Yeah. I think after the show, after her season in particular, people responded really well to her, especially in. Especially, yeah, and especially in the fashion world. And so. She's used to hearing all this sort of effusive praise coming at her, and now she's back into a situation where that's not necessarily happening all of the time. Oh, and I think that that's what she's reacting to. I think she's she's going to be a bit but, of a villain and a bit of a monster because she's not used. But Adora, Adora tapped out though, because Adora was like, "This isn't. I can't do this." And instead, Milk is turning into a monster. Yeah. The bottom two were Thorgy and Kennedy. I think that that made. Sense. I I probably would have switched maybe Thorgy out for Milk, if only because of her attitude. But I also think. Oh, if I was through, I would have been like, Milk, do you have something to say? Right. And then after I hear, be like, Thorgy, go in the back. Milk, come here for a second. Right. You're in the bottom now. Exactly. Ooh, that would have been a game. I'm waiting for her to pull that once. Just I want to see her do that. I can't wait. But yeah. But I do think. I wasn't sure if it was going to be Thorgy or Kennedy going home. Yeah, because they were talking about alliances. Yeah, and, and that, was like, that was all very, very uh-huh. interesting. Although, and, and here's the other thing, and this is me. I'm going to put on my tinfoil lace front, and my edges are baked and ready, <laughs> ready to bake at 350. Laid and ready to bake at 350. Um, 
I think Bendela threw the lip sync. I don't think, I don't, I mean, she was trying to do the funny thing, which is like, I guess her thing mm-hmm. now for lip syncs, which is nice. and was a lot more successful with Nicki Minaj than it was for the Pointer Sisters. But I got the feeling that especially about halfway through when she was just trying to copy Shangela, like part of that was a little shady to like maybe throw Shangela off and it she was looked funny, a little yeah. thrown off. It was funny, but then and she it kept was funny. writing that. Yeah. But then I also just think that she didn't want to make that terrible decision like she did in the last episode, which she was overwrought in the workroom after she was like, oh, it doesn't even feel like winning. I'm like, girl, you know the rules. You know what you signed up for. It might not feel like winning, but you still got $10,000. Right. Are you going to feel so bad when the 10 grand When it clears? Well, five grand because taxes. But still, (laughs) but I can do a lot with $5,000. You can get up a back page ad. You can can buy a few people off a back page ad. Speaking of the back page. Especially at 250. Yeah, go ahead. We'll be right back. (laughs) So I know that you are all super fans of this QPOC life, and I am too. And the way that we make more super fans is by sharing it. So whether you see us on the iTunes, on the look, I don't. Really, I'm not really good at the internet. So if you see it, just share it. See it, share it. If you see it, share it. If you see it, just share it. It's like, like it's not hard. Just if you see something, say something. If you see it, share it see something share something there you go because you are sharing good information from incredible people um mostly me thank you Welcome back, listeners. Uh, I had to go down the hall myself after that discussion. Uh, but I'll try to, to get into RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I, I have made a commitment to, to try to, to watch bereavement. to try to watch an episode or two. Uh, I just don't know how I feel about the dancing pork chop thing. But uh, <laughs> moving on to the main, the main thing on tonight. So when I was putting together this episode i was thinking of a status update that carlos had posted maybe a few weeks ago oh and it gained a lot of traction among a lot of our mutual friends as well as a lot of your friends you remember what i'm talking about oh um i believe a couple of weeks ago i posted a status update that said pro tip don't ask me for your honest. Don't ask me to give you my honest opinion unless you actually want to hear it. Mm. Mm. Because I had somebody, and I'm not going to say who, but somebody in my life who had purchased a new pair of glasses. Oh, and he had posted. He he had sent me photos of it. And he was like, "Well, what do you think? I want to hear your honest opinion." And I was like. They're fine. Like, I don't think they're the best shape for your eye, like for your face. Speaking of glasses, I'm going to put mine back but, on. But. But, you know, if you like them, I love them. And he was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And I could tell that he was, like, a little upset about it. And I was just like, well, here you go. Life hack. You asked for it. You <laughs> asked, And I said what I said. Right. Like, I'm not going to apologize for that. So the idea of I said what I said and I'm not going to apologize for it. I mean, I don't know your friend. I don't, And I really don't know who it is. We haven't talked about this. No, you don't know him. Was uh, it a white person? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> So I was thinking, this is a term that some of you might have not heard of, but it's 
your term for the week, white fragility. And I think that that plays into the idea, or I think that it runs parallel to the narrative of the angry, angry black, person. black person. Yeah. Mm. Right? Because black people, and if you didn't know, I'm half black, or, or in, you wait, know, wait, we wait. just say, I'm black. What? <gasps> I'm black. Um, yes. And I'm proud of that. And I know, having been raised in a lot of uh, black culture in the South, in the church, and just in Mississippi, and in the HBCU tradition, that we are a lively people, that we will express ourselves. A lot of us will, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to monolith us here, but our it speaks through our art. It speaks through the way we communicate. It yes. spe- speaks in our religious experiences uh, or those uh, institutions founded in those experiences. It speaks mm-hmm. in, in Broadway. Like um, one of my friends, I, I did a post about Wicked the other day, and one of my friends was like, have you heard uh, Saikon, uh, what's the last name? Anyway, the Black Alphaba. When she sang, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a thing. Okay, I didn't know it was a thing because I'm not into Broadway like that. I'm trying to. I'm trying. But he was like, "You need to look up this version of uh, Defying Gravity." And I listened to it. And I was like, "She is black, and this is amazing." <laughs> like, so we're super expressive. And so up. I feel like when look at just type in uh, Defying Gravity. I typed Sinko. in Black Alphaba. <laughs> <laughs> Woman Oprah Mention. That was my favorite. Google search you Reese Taylor. That was my favorite. Well, we were trying to figure it out. But no, I mean, and jump in whenever you want to. Um, It's just that I think that, especially in my personal experience, Uh I'm not going to say where, but I'm sure you can guess, um, you know, so people can get cast as the angry black the angry person. black person. Well, and I wrote about that in the article I wrote for AZ Mag and how you are not afraid to speak your mind, especially when it comes to matters of social justice. And because of that, because you're not afraid to to ask the challenging questions or to make the challenging points, it causes a lot of people to perceive your tone and your intent as angry and it pisses me off because i know where you're coming from and i understand the the passion about creating a more equitable and and uh, socially just society and it, it frustrates me that that people rather than trying to understand doing the homework that we need folks to do Rather, instead, say, oh, well, why do they have to be angry all the time? And it's not a matter of being angry at other people. It's being angry at a system of injustice and combating that, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, people of color, we all have to combat oppression in in different ways. And for those of us who do it vocally, people see us as just being pissed off and Mm -hmm. angry all the time. And... It's 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 bullshit. Well, do you think uh, the more that we we discuss it, I think that there's such such a parallel that we are painting people who are black who have who are vocal about an opinion or or speak their mind, and we label them as an angry black person. We also label every time a woman says anything as an angry or a bitch, essentially. Yeah. And I think it's funny that every single group. It has has these labels, and the only ones who don't are white men. 
that white men they're positive labels. They are positive. Like if if a white man says the same thing that Maxine Waters says, then he is seen as a revolutionary leader. That he right. is someone right. who is speaking out against like you know oppression, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, a thought leader in yeah in, uh, in it, yeah right in, in the workplace when a woman is aggressive, mm-hmm. she's a bitch, right? Or she's a battle axe, or someone that you have to deal with or mm. get around because right. she's terrible. But if a, a man, man does the same thing, he's being assertive. Yep, and or it, a leader. And it it sucks because it's like I think this is a clear illustration of why unless. Ted, Rob, Joe, Billy Kennedy or whatever becomes a black woman, I'm not going to vote for him. <laughs> Bringing it full circle. Full circle. Right? I said love, what I said. We love a full circle moment here on This Cubac Life. No, I think we're onto something, though. Like, personally and just on, like, on the world level, it is just that. Yeah. It is just that white men can do things that other people cannot do and they get lauded and praised for doing those things and are thought of as leaders and thought leaders and you can have you can take a white person and take a black person that says i think i'm just going in circles here says the exact same thing or mm-hmm. says and for some reason everybody likes the white person right because right. it's it's white splaining it's and it's mansplaining so when you're a white and a man you have doubled a modifier for like your spell and regret- <laughs> regrettably, regrettably, they got they got spell resistance because they're blocking that shit. Right. It makes me think about the 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 misconception about the Black Panther Party. It is you know it's Black History Month, so let's talk about the Black Panther Party. Learn right? so people think of the Black Panther Party as a militant group that is anti-white and would cause fights wherever they go. That They were this violent, angry group. And some folks go so far as to call them the black version of the KKK. Mm-hmm. Folks that know what the Black Panther movement was actually about know that that's not the case. Uh, the Black Panther movement believed that it was the right of black people that when they are met with violence, they can meet, they, they can uh, retaliate with mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. And so part of their uh, mission was to teach black people how to defend themselves. Right. And they did a lot of incredible work going into the communities, uh, bringing health care into poor communities, food. bringing yeah. food into Education. poor communities. Yeah. And so, and a lot of people who laud um, nonviolence and, and Martin Luther King don't understand that Martin Luther King absolutely... At, at one point where he, he just realized that nonviolence isn't always the answer, that sometimes violence is how people respond because that's the language they have. Yeah, it's the, yeah that was the quote. It was like the language of the unheard or something. Writing, Writing is, the is the language of the unheard. Of the unheard. Oh, well, what's, what's, the lang- what's violence language of? He, he did have a quote about it, that. It was in the same yeah. context. And so, you know, like when Beyonce appeared at the Super Bowl – with and you know her dancers are in berets and she's wearing like bullet straps across her chest. A Michael People, Jackson outfit, which was what it really was, <laughs> yeah, right? Which mm-hmm. is what it really was. Which was also military inspired. Yeah, to a exactly. Degree. But then people instantly were like, "Black Panther, evil." Exactly. Black KKK. And the same thing is happening now with uh, Black Lives Matter. Yes, mm-hmm. right. It started off as something completely understandable. Uh, it was not hard to get on board. Um, it still isn't. 
uh, if you just do some simple Google research, go to fucking blacklivesmatter.com and you can read the mission statement. Read the but, wiki. But people like Bill O'Reilly, who doesn't have a show anymore, um, Ooh. yeah, huh. have started, were the ones that started this narrative right. that they're a terrorist group. And I was watching AM to DM this morning and they had a segment with um, uh, the writers. I, are they the founders of Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Asha and um, Patrice. Yep. And their last names escape me right now, but at least I know that much. Uh, and they talked about how, like, the narrative is shifting. And in about 30 years, when we're looking back on this time, I wonder if people are going to be like, oh, Black Lives Matter. And then there might be a divide there, just like when we were kids and we heard about, quote unquote, the Black Panther Party. There were all these negative connotations. I mean, we sort of see that divide now because what I love about the Black Lives Matter movement is that they're unafraid to show up in spaces and talk about uh, racial inequity wherever it is. Like they'll show up at an LGBT pride parade Mm -hmm. and and get in the way intentionally. Because of the it's a corporate, thing. corporate sponsorships yeah. that are problematic. Well, I thought that was. Are you talking specifically about specifically an event? Specifically about DC. Okay, so oh, wasn't DC. that? Uh, wasn't it wasn't no it justice, was, no pride. Yeah, yeah no so, justice. So, yes, Toronto so, was Black Lives Matter. Though. Yes. So for, I, when no justice, no pride happened, people mistook that for Black Lives Matter uh, because they were using the Black Lives Matter slogan in their protests. Right. So. The the concept of Black Lives Matter is that to show bl- up and Black to Lives be Matter. vocal <laughs> and say that, that like, you should not be killed. It's weird because Black Lives Matter. I remember them showing up really early and two important uh, political events way back in 2016. Um, they showed up at a Hillary Clinton speech and they showed yeah. up at a Bernie Sanders speech. And uh, it's funny uh, who gave them the mic and. Who told them to shut up and get out? Yep. And so, <laughs> if you want to bring it back, because I should say, now look at everything we've said and think if it were white protesters yeah. that did this thing. Mm, you just threw that a time to kill. Seriously. Uh, legal. legal uh, now imagine trick. she's white. Ooh. That was Go ahead, brilliant. Matthew McConaughey. Do you think they should be dead? Do you think they should die? Yes, die. they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Oh, you know what's another really strange thing about... Wait, did you not know that? I haven't seen the movie in 50 years. (laughs) Fuck. Are you that old? Yes, but Asian don't raise and... Okay. What I will say about the Black Panther movement, there are the two major pro-gun rights movements in America are the NRA and were the Black Panther movement. Yes. Because they were pro-gun rights. And the reason, one of the reasons that they got labeled as a, like a terrorist group and got taken down was because they went into, I think it was a, a state house or something in California way back when, mm-hmm. and essentially like took it over mm-hmm. because they were protesting California taking away gun rights from people. But okay, but two groups have taken over a, a, like a, a government state shit. House. Government shit. Those white boys in Montana, the Oregon the black, boys, the Oregon boy. Whatever. This was like in 2014 when they took over that park or whatever. And yeah. then they were like absolved. They were like, and oh, then in fine. Arizona when they were had snipers on FBI agents. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's fine. Asada Shakur. So yet another another example or examples where people do literally the same fuck shit. And now I'm turning into an angry black person. 
and it's literally black, black and white. Person. It's literally black and white. Yep. Those I remember that now. Yeah, in mm-hmm. Oregon when they had that whole thing about the land, mm-hmm. um, and they were camped out in that building, yep. uh, and took it On over that government, government property. property. And then literally the other one, a couple summers ago in Arizona, when they had snipers trained on those policemen, mm-hmm. they were white. But is uh, is that? And I'm sure they had they were advocating for gun rights well, or part yeah. of the NRA or something. But or had some you affiliation. have to remember that when white people do that sort of thing, they are lone wolves and they are just crazy random people. Right. And you said terrorists. We're labeling terrorist groups. Uh, old dude in San Diego. Uh, San Diego. Uh, I was thinking of his Filipino girlfriend who might have been from San Diego because all the Filipinos are from there. Oh, Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. The Vegas shooter. Which, by the way, that's disappeared. Like yeah, whatever happened to that. Just erased. Um, look, but I'm getting all riled up. This is this is the kind of stress and trauma that you have to deal with when thinking about these juxtapositions, these uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Weird double narratives, the double like, standards. Yeah, it's just, and that's what we hope that you can see by listening to this. If you are a white person, right, you can become an, a better ally by understanding that this is yet another. Just like we talked about racism last week. Uh, in a very front door, this is how we're about mm-hmm. to start talking about this sense. Now, here is an example. Here are many examples where this is the shit we deal with. Right. right. And I think the trouble is it's, one, recognizing that we as people of color are in pain, right? Like there is a certain amount of stress and anger and trauma trauma that is associated with being in this bag of skin that just happens to be a different color. And so that's hard for people to accept. And then what's even harder for those white people to accept is that they are complicit or they are part of that or because of the system that we have in this society that we have today, they benefit from that very same system. And so that's not saying that we are attacking those specific individuals, especially the ones who are claiming to be our allies. But what we are saying is, hey, listen, like something is wrong and we need help specifically your help white people because you built the system maybe not you specifically right but this is the when when i was at church a couple of weeks ago we talked about the difference between sin and iniquity and sin is something that's done by an individual and usually has a very short-term effect on that person where iniquity are these systemic sins that affect communities and generations beyond the immediate act and so racism and the society that we build around privilege is an iniquity that we have. And it is a spiritual thing and a physical thing and a real thing that's hurting people on a regular basis. And like that is what we need to confront. We need to name it. And then we need to tame it as a society. Ooh. I knew Zach was going to come through. I knew you'd like that little. Name it and tame it. Name it and tame it, honey. Like these it. edges. Sorry, I got. I had like a sermon. I apologize. <laughs> it was no, great. we needed that. I, and I completely agree with you that um, for for our because we do have allies who listen to this podcast and uh, su- support us and are on fire for the work that we do we're doing and share it with their friends and who are uh, patrons of this podcast. And uh, what's important to understand is just what Carlos was alluding to and maybe to help put it in layman's terms, you don't have to... You, I understand that it's easy to get upset because you feel like you're part of... You're, you're or you're being, being accused of being You're being a part accused of. of being a part of a system that oppresses people. And yet, 
if we look at if you look at it through our lens, we're often put in the position where we are accused of being in the wrong or are profiled or typed in a particular way just because of how we look mm-hmm. or because people can perceive us as other than. And when you don't belong to the majority, it creates uh, an atmosphere of, of tension and fear no matter where you go, right? Like I could be on the train, like as an example, when Zach and I were riding the train home and this waddle like a duck clown dude is on the train bothering folks and gets into an argument with somebody. And I am aware that I am the only person of color on the train, right? And Zach is ready to get up and, like, get in dude's face, right? And I have to get him to hold back because I'm like, listen, if the cops get involved with this and I'm spending time with you, I'm the one who's going to get looked at sideways Mm -hmm. by the cops. Which is funny because two days later you punched a person. I did, but the cops weren't going to get involved. What that. is that, straw man or gaslighting that Zach just did? Uh, that was uh, red herring. Okay, red herring. So, yeah, sort of like in a red herring. Um, it was a logical fallacy. But, you know, I will say, JoJo, another resolution that I put in my book that I didn't read out loud because I didn't want to, like, I, I value your friendship. I did put down, what I'm not going to do is let JoJo hold me back when I need to punch someone on a train. Okay, but JoJo's <laughs> going to go on another car then. Exactly. Because well, that's fine. Ass is I don't let going. her... I don't know her. I let you hold me back anymore. I'm not anyway. let you hide my light under a bushel. <laughs> Bury your talents. <laughs> Real churchy tonight. We have got every Bible reference in this episode today, but I'm pretty glad that we had this discussion. Uh, did anybody want to make any more points before we cut to break? I do have a challenge for all of our allies that are listening this actually on the subject of what we're discussing here today. Um, I don't remember if it's called the shine effect or the shimmer effect, but it is something that um, has been discussed in a lot of female empowerment circles in the past year or so. And what it discusses is that if you are in a space or if you are in a meeting and you see someone who is an oppressed minority or a woman who their ideas are mansplained, who are talked over, who are ignored, always acknowledge them case in point if we are at all at a table and we are at a meeting and jonathan you say i think we should do x y and z and immediately your opinion is disregarded you are labeled as like oh well jonathan's just always just talking out of his ass or something like that to that degree it is my responsibility and my duty as both an ally and a person of color and a fellow lgbtq person it is my responsibility to say oh to go back to Jonathan's point. What Jonathan said here is a great idea. Let's do what Jonathan said. Repeat that person's name and consistently invite them into the space and empower them. Because if you don't do that, you are not being an ally and you are letting their voices be erased. May may I use a specific example of that? Mm -hmm. First of all, yes. No. Do that. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Have a seat. Uh, I think we should do it JoJo's way. I think mm -hmm. Zach should be quiet. I think we should... (laughs) <laughs> I love that shimmer. Get that shimmer this shine one, on. This was this is a new game for me. Example. I'm gonna be doing it everywhere now. So the petty so, shimmer. Uh, first of all, when you when you do that, when you highlight uh, your friends who are who belong to an under uh, an under uh, what am I trying to say? Group. An unrepresented group. Don't expect cookies for it. Oh, right. true. 
Number two, uh, and a, a specific example of this, and I love this story, was um, uh, Jessica Chastain and Octavia Spencer. Yeah. When they, uh, they were both being cast in a movie, mm-hmm. and Go ahead, Jessica, Jessica Chastain found out that how much Octavia was getting paid. And it should be noted, Jessica Chastain is white, Octavia yes. Spencer is not. Yes. And so when she found out how much Octavia was not getting paid, she was absolutely appalled. And then made it a part of her contract that Octavia was to be paid five times more than the rate she was offered. Wow. To be in that film. Wow. And Jessica, when we're talking about five times for these famous people, we're talking about millions. In her own Lots contract. In her mm-hmm. own contract. For someone else's payment. Yes. Jesus. Now, Jessica didn't ask for recognition from Octavia. Octavia found out, and then when she was being interviewed for something, told that story, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't until that moment when it became public that that Jessica took the opportunity to say, this is also what men can be doing to make it more equitable for mm-hmm. women in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of thing. It's not building your platform on providing opportunities or or being helping, a good guy. Being the good yeah. guy, so to speak. It's when you have the moment, yes, push your point. Mm-hmm. But don't don't do that to make your point and to look like right. you know mm. white savior trademark. Mm. And I know a few. I do too. <laughs> I think we're mming about the same mm. ones. But um, who say so, it? <laughs> but that that so for our white Damn allies it. out there, that's how you do it. You seek opportunities to create platforms or to uh, enrich the lives mm-hmm. of your your friends who are people of color. Or if you're straight, providing opportunities for your friends who are LGBTQ. Just wherever you fall on the ladder wherever of privilege. Wherever you fall on it. Like, you know, for us in this room who are male presenting, uh, to think about where we can provide opportunities and platforms for people who present as women. For people who are also non-binary. Dark skin. Dark Which is why I'm waiting for that queer, trans, black Kennedy. Right. We're, we're running we're running low on time but I do want to say this was supposed to be like the the on the script and the name of the episode was I said what I said because we were t- gonna talk about like uh, um, people misconstruing like the black message or like communication but I really we feel did. we did okay I just want to make sure that that's what we did yeah or if yeah. we I was if we didn't I was gonna say this was a very good conversation I agree anyway. actually I feel a little lighter after yeah. this is like free therapy honestly. it is yeah and it's there and for you and all sermons? out there it, it, it was a week I mean the pendulum has swung in a different yeah. direction to pass the baton to y'all our listeners tell us what you think you know like what what have your experiences with uh with allyship have been and like has has someone been an amazing ally to you like let's Mm. also get some of those stories too yeah and you who are allies out there how have you been allies to your friends who are in a different uh, position of privilege than you Oh, God, what an episode. Oh, oh my gosh, oh, you guys. So this is great. Oh. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of This Cupac Life. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, like, thanking people. It's fine. Is it because now, I... 
That is canceled. Like, forever. It's, it's over. It's over. It's, it's canceled. So disgusting. Why did we do the hand right signals the wrong way? It's over. Is, is it cross? No, wait. Down. It's, no, no, it's no, actually, no, 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 no. All she does is, is this. Oh, yeah, that's it all goes, it is. It's over. It's canceled. Right. Like yeah. that. <laughs> Look um, up the gift. Well, anyway, uh, with all that said, <laughs> and with no more slurps for the evening, I'm Zach. I'm Jonathan. I'm Jolie. And I'm Carlos. And, and this, this was. This Q-Pop Live! Oh, right. So, okay, we're not doing the hand signals. You need to ever. I thought we were going to sing it. It's not even a thing. No, you started the hand signals at the front. Okay, let's do it again. They were never a thing. No, this is this Q-Pop I've heard that they were a thing, but you were mistaken. Nope. Someone told you wrong. You better go get your act right. I don't know where you left it. Could we sing it out, though? It might be on the side of the road. Not because if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. Because the real world is out there, honey. Thank you. And that's the truth. And that is that. All right. Carlos is going to get a D appointment. We're going This QPOC Life is recorded at Brooklyn Media Arts in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Pedro Villalta is our producer, and the intro music is by Jolie. Please send inquiries to ask at thiscupoc.life. <laughs>